G'day everyone, sorry about that, welcome to our final rap edition uh, for 2021 of the Weekend Rap, uh, lots to talk about tonight. G'day everyone, uh, so without any that, further ado, let's kick it off, shall final we? final rap edition uh, for 2021 of the Weekend Rap, uh, lots to talk about tonight. G'day everyone, uh, so without any that, further ado, let's kick it off, shall final we? final rap edition uh, for 2021 of the Weekend Rap. Uh, lots to talk about tonight. G'day everyone. Uh, so without any that, further ado, let's kick it off, shall final we? Final rap edition uh, for 2021 of the Weekend Rap. Uh, lots to talk about tonight. G'day everyone. Uh, so without any that, further ado, let's kick it off, shall final we? Final rap edition uh, for 2021 of the Weekend Rap. Well, well, well. G'day, everyone. Welcome to our final 2021 edition of the Weekend Wrap. Uh, brought to you, of course, by Crowcast. Lots to go on about. Well, well, well. Lots G'day to talk everyone. about. Welcome to and our final 2021 some reason, edition of the some... Weekend Wrap. Uh, brought to you, of course, bloody feedback. I don't know what's, that's, what's going on there, but anyway. <laughs> uh, I know why, because I've got this silly thing going. It's all right. Um, all right, so uh, without any further ado, and to get me out of a hole, Peter, Maka, how are you going? Uh, I, I, yeah, Pete's good. I'm not so good. I've had a bit of a frame with a leg with a, uh, the axle and a kind of pin of a trolley piercing and then ripping upwards. And um, uh, so, you know, it's a, about a 12-week injury, something like that. So we'll box on, mate. Not good, Macca, not good. Uh, sorry to hear that, of course, and hopefully uh, that mends quickly, although it sounds bloody nasty if you ask me. Peter, how are you? Uh, well, thanks, Payne and Macca. I'm sure all of the Craigcast community wish you well, and um, we certainly hope that you recover uh, well, and and hopefully that uh, you know tonight talking a bit of footy will bring you a bit of joy after having had a difficult uh, couple of weeks. So all the best, Macca. Thank you for that, Pete. I was looking forward to tonight to be a little bit stupid on here instead of just being stupid at home. <laughs> Look, welcome no to problem. everyone. And, th- and I should say um, thank Very you nice. thank you to Macker and Fiend for inviting me into your Sunday wrap territory, not a territory I'm familiar with, but uh, happy to be here. That's all right, mate. We'll, we'll kick you out if you don't uh, follow the rules. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I never do. <laughs> uh, look, thanks to everyone who's joined us on Discord and YouTube, of course. Uh, you can get around the live chat on both platforms. Uh, and if you want to have something to say, of course, uh, get into our Discord channel, get to the live studio and uh, stick your hand up. Um, and uh, we'll be happy to get people on board tonight to have their say about the uh, Crows um, final selections in the 2021 AFL draft and also the pre-season draft and also the rookie draft. So a bit to go through tonight. Um, and I guess as a bit of a starter, I'll start with you, Macker, as the uh, as the Sunday night regular. What did you think of the overall, the overall outcome for the Crows this year? 
Actually, I'm glad you, glad you uh, worded it that way, but, um, sorry, Fane, uh, because uh, you, that's how you do have to look at it. It's just not any one of those individual uh, draft and isolation. It's the uh, combination of both the trading yeah. and, the, and the drafting, because the, if you trade well, you generally thin on the drafting side, and I just think that to get in a bloke the calibre of Dawson, who was third in Sydney's best and fairest, and... Uh, I'm sure he's going to give our best and fairest a nudge because I, I see every game this boy's played and he's a star. And then that left us with starting off with four and 33, which obviously was going to be six. And, you know, to end up with uh, four players, uh, I'm very, very pleased with the fact that we did that. Uh, that spreads your opportunities. I thought Rochelle was the obvious pick, not the one we would have liked. We would have liked Callahan but we couldn't get him. And then the other three boys, they've each got their own uh, talents and yep. uh, and one of them's going to crack it, two of them's going to crack it, maybe the whole three, who knows. But they, they, there will be a footballer amongst those. And uh, my only criticism of the whole thing would have been the retaking of Davis, but then I think there's a bit more than that that meets the eye and we'll just leave it at that. So uh, my take on the whole thing that, well, some of the scribes have uh, given Adelaide an A, and I'm pretty close to giving him. I'll give him an A minus. Peter, what's your thoughts, mate? They not. Um, I take the view that um, once the draft happens and those boys become Crows players, that's it. Anything that I've said beforehand just goes down the toilet, and I'm absolutely all in uh, for all of those boys because they're um, they're ours and we just desperately want them to succeed. Um, so um, so generally, look, overall, I am, I'm like Macca, really. I, I, I'm pretty happy because if you take it in its um, totality, um, you know, particularly with the, you know, we're always in front with the Dawson trade because, you know, really in the end he didn't cost us um, a lot if you actually analyse the figures. Um, so to bring in a 192-centimetre sort of wing outside, you know, mid type player um I, I think it's easy to forget that we've brought him in once we got to the trade uh, to the draft period and the fact that he'll probably play up the field um that was certainly um, his understanding once he was interviewed when he came to us anyway it was his understanding that he was going to be playing further up the field not yeah. necessarily cross our back so i think that's great um rochelle Fiend, we talked about at length um would have been my pick no but um with that said you know, um, there are guys that are watching these kids, you know, um, professionally, and so if they think that that is the best pick, yeah, well and good, and we'll yeah. certainly be behind Josh, and um, and hopefully he can bring to us um, some of the traits that um, you know talking about, um, yeah, that the media talk about. I, I was actually just getting part. I mean, we talked a lot about Josh, didn't we? Um, because we knew he was coming. Talking a little bit more about the three kids that we picked up, um, mm. I actually really, really like the Zach Taylor pick at, at 44. Um, I don't know if you've seen his highlights, some of the vision. He looks a really, really impressive player. Bit of a bit of a bargain, uh, Peter. Yeah, I, I, I'm really happy, and I, you know, I could personally couldn't give a shit about his height. The way that he moves through traffic, that kid, and his agility. And his foot skills, uh, I, I just think, you know, I mean, we always say it, don't we? 
uh, mm. after every draft, we always sit here and say, oh, how did he slip through to, you know, or can't believe we got him, at, you know. But I really believe that with him because in all the mocks, he was in, you know, he was sort of in around about that sort of 2025 kind of area. Um, so I think, you know, I, I feel happy that we got him. So they go, um, look, we didn't know much about him, did we? And um, But obviously they did. I mean, Toomey had him at 30 in, in his mock draft. And yep. so d- definitely, you know, um, he's not he's not an unknown. He's not a complete sort of bolter. Yeah. Um, and, and in fact, we got him a little bit later than, than what Toomey predicted. Um, but again, you know, he's a kid. I look at his vision. I think, you know, I mean, I, I think I, I messaged you guys on Friday, I said, he just looks like an animal, you know, it looks like, and when I say that, I mean that with no disrespect to him personally, but yeah. he just looks like an animal at the contest and he just looks like a, just a kid that is just a natural midfielder. And so we talked a lot about the fact that we were short in the midfield and, you know, okay, these are 180 centimetre kids, but I do feel like with Taylor and Saligo that we got some real grunt um, in that midfield, but then... You know, don't forget we got Dorset at 192. And then, and then don't forget we picked up Nankerbis at 190 as that project big midfielder. Yeah. That's so right. I think overall we, we sort of balanced out pretty well. Actually, a couple of comments you made there, Pete, I really, really like. And uh, Zach, Deal, Zach Taylor, I had him marked as the, uh, the steal of the draft, actually. Um, as, you, as you said, you watch his, the way he moves, uh, he's ambidextrous. Um, and looks very natural doing it. He, he just, yeah, he just got, he's got class about him. He'll have to obviously adjust to the pace of overall footy, but he will. I'm pretty sure. I'm, I'm very very keen on him. Um, your comments about Saliga, well, that will probably a fair word because it looks like how he plays. And um, yeah, and Van uh, Curvis is a little bit more on the project side, uh, but tell you what, he's got strong hands. Very good hands, and he's also for a guy his side. He moves around very well as well. So, um, yeah, well, as I said, there is there is there's definitely a footballer to amongst them, and um, it comes back to how hard they work. And it comes to the, you know the luck of us not getting injured and all that sort of stuff. But I think the club's done a very good job in who they've taken. How about you, Fiend? How did you feel about it all? Well, um, you know, I probably my first. Um... Uh, reaction was g three more pipsqueaks um you know which was probably a view shared by many and probably uh lacking any sort of analytical intelligence really uh i i would have liked another bigger body at the top end um uh there's various ways that we could have gone i you know, I, I felt that there was scope that we might have been able to, to uh, split the pick and get some value there. But having said that, the deals obviously weren't there for Hamish and, and the recruiting crew to be able to split that pick. So if we if we take that assumption as read that uh, they weren't able to manufacture something to give them an extra pick at the top end, um, then I think it was really a fait accompli that we took Josh Rochelle at the top. Yep. And uh, he's obviously got plenty of talent and X factor and uh, vibe about him, and uh, it's going to be very interesting to see how he slots in uh, to the group and how he uh, how quickly he can get up to AFL speed. Because there's no doubt that he can be potentially a very damaging player for us. Um, mm-hmm. Saligo wasn't on my radar at all. 
Um, so that was a little bit of a surprise, particularly given who was around. I have a feeling that um, we may have take, taken Roberts if he was still there. Um, Absolutely no doubt in my mind. Did you? I just posted there. Shane, did you? Did you see the the footage? Did you see he had mates there. In yeah, they're all in Crows Guernsey. So no, I think... He he was absolutely. Yeah. He was a lot for the Crows at thirty-five. There's no doubt in my mind. And then we had that all that hoo ha um, when um, Sydney bloody jumped in and and grabbed him. So yeah, yeah Sydney just done. got a little bit of their own back for Jordy uh, yeah. Dawson. Um, and took Matty Roberts. And uh, <laughs> when they were interviewing Matty and they said, oh, you're looking forward to moving up to Sydney, there was a little there was a little pause, a little hesitation. Because <laughs> he, he knew he was he was around about a minute and a half from staying, going That's to right. his, uh, the, the club that he loves. So, yeah, it's That's disappointing right. to him. But... Yeah, I would. Yeah. I mean, disappointing from one point of view, but uh, fantastic that he uh, got picked yeah. and he's up on a in a in a good team and a good system, Sydney. And uh, we're uh, well known for poaching Sydney players, so <laughs> we'll just keep yeah, the funny, uh, yeah. we'll keep the powder dry. Just on a, one of those one of those little weird things, you know, how clubs sort of just go in little patterns, and it's really interesting that how many St Peter's old scholars are sitting up in Sydney at the moment. They've got. There's four St. Peter's players on their list at the moment, as well yeah, as right. Harley. So, Who are they, Pete? Uh, so you've got uh, Will Hayward. Yep. Um, you've got um, Dylan Stevens. Yep. You've got Matty Roberts now. Yep. And you've got uh, Malachi Carruthers on the rookie list up there. So you've got four players from St. Peter's sitting on the on the playing list. And then, of course, you've got uh, Tom Harley, who's the football manager up there, who's a Saints old scholar as well. So... It's interesting, isn't it, how, you know, um, I know that um, Hamish loves a call to cannon player, for instance, and it's, it's interesting yeah. how they sort of go back to wells that they, they kind yeah. of like. Yeah. Um, and Sydney, it's interesting, four players from the one school. It's unusual, isn't it? That's got to be Harley's influence, surely, you would think. Yeah. Um, look, so... Yeah, quite um, possible. In, in the absence of Matty Roberts, as my microphone just goes flying, um, uh, Saligo looks a good... Solid player, um, yep. uh, inside very much so. A ball getter, a ball winner, uh, which is good. Um, and uh, you know, I, I I don't have a lot to say about him simply because I really didn't pay much attention to him. I didn't ever mention him in dispatches for us. Uh, Zach Taylor, I agree with you, Mac and Pete as well. I, I think he's an absolute steal um, at the pick. Um, he looks to have some good class. He's uh, left and right-sided. Um, it, uh, will probably take a little bit of time just to get up to uh, get up to AFL development, I think. But looks a really good player um, on paper and the short, the short highlights. And we'll, we'll go through them a bit more in a bit more depth individually. And um, of course, Nan Curvis, uh, who we took in the pre-season draft, as opposed to the rookie draft. Haggis uh, mentioned in one of his interviews that they got a sniff that um Essendon. That, uh, uh, yeah uh, were someone at least were looking to take him in the rookie draft so we utilized the pre-season draft uh which changes our list profile just a touch from 35 uh to 36 on the senior list um i i guess the question that i have um and we can talk about this now i guess um, Benny Davis uh, got re-rookied, uh, which you would think wouldn't have happened had we not taken Nan Curvis in the pre-season draft. 
thoughts? Um, I, I just think there's just a little bit more to it than just take, than taking him back. Um, I, I think, I don't, no, I don't really want to say. I know where you're going, Maka, and look, I'll jump in and... Um, uh, Fane and Macca, you'll know that for many years I've been a big fan of Ben Davis. I yep. really like, and I actually just like him as a footballer. And I just don't think that he has been used as well as he could be. And if you want to look at his career, um, he, I, I just don't think he's been given the opportunities that, and he's just had a little bit of bad luck. Um, you know, he had his game one, he was monstered down um, in Geelong when we were absolutely slaughtered. Game two, I thought it was a decent game against the Swans in 2020, and then COVID hits, and suddenly, you know, so he just had a bit of bad luck. Yeah. The games that he came back, I thought he, I thought he looked really good, actually. And it, actually, it all started um, a Sandford game against Sturt when he was absolutely putrid for a half against Sturt at Unley Oval, and they threw him back, and he just suddenly he just absolutely took the game by the by the balls and and played some really, really good football in the mm. sample and continued to do so and then, you know, played in the AFL and I thought it looked really good. Macca, I, um, I know that the line that you're on and I'm kind of on a similar line but a little bit different because I think that I think there's a lot of cultural issues at play with Ben and I, I think that it's more, rather than that what you're alluding to, I think it's more just the fact that he is very, very you know, popular He's very, very, um, uh, he's very, very respected, and I think that when you're looking at a club with a really young list, and it will only be younger in terms of the SNFL team in particular, I think Ben. Um, I don't look. I know a lot of people say, "Well, why don't you just give him a development role off the field?" Well, it's just not the same. It's not the same as being oh, in rooms. No. Well, and he'd still, he'd still want to play anyway, wouldn't he? He still want to play. And so I think that he gives a lot of leadership. I think he gives a lot of um, a lot of good stuff um, in terms of bringing the young kids on. And just generally, I think in it, with a young group, he's just some real glue down there. And um, so I think that I think that there, are, you know, from from that point of view, I think that that's uh, I think that that's where it's a it's a really positive thing. And I, I look, you know, I'll be I'm happy to be the one. That is different to everybody, and I was thrilled to bits to see him get back on the list because I, I genuinely believe there's no AFL player there. I really do. I don't. I really don't believe there is an AFL player there. Look, he's, he's couple of games in defence. He, he did okay, and and that's all I'll say. He did okay. Well, hang on um, a minute, Mac. You say that he did okay, but if you look okay at those, that, oh. hang on. Well, okay, but that's like ninety percent of defenders. That's the game. So. Um, I put to you in those games that he played in defence, given that in some of them he had limited minutes coming in as a medical sub. Uh, what exactly did he do wrong in those games? I mean, it's it's as simple as this. He's been there five years. The, the question the question was a simple yeah, one. So the question the question no 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 the question was a simple one. What exactly did he do wrong? in those games that he played in defence at the back end of this season? Nothing majorly wrong. Uh, well, no, 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 wrong. no, don't qualify it. Did he do anything wrong? Did he turn the ball over? Oh. No. Did his, did his man get off the chain? No. Uh, did he did he uh, miss targets? No. Uh, did he lack run from half-back? No. Did he actually do anything wrong? 
I can only answer it this way because you you are forcing me to answer only your way. Your because your way. I'm asking a question. Any, I'm asking a question uh, without qualification. He he did nothing majorly wrong. Did he do anything but, wrong minorly? <laughs> yeah, he did. There were there were a couple of, there were a couple of loose incidents where he where he did make a mistake, but that's not what I'm talking okay. about. Right. The average, the average player does not get five years and to have uh, a fill-in, and he was only a fill-in because of injury, uh, get a couple of games like that. And you know as well as I do that he will not be a regular this year with all the number of players we've got competing for spots. Well, and that's a fair call. That's a fair call. But I would say that um, not many players have had uh, uh, an... I- an injury-slash-pandemic-interrupted career as he has. I, I think it's a little bit simplistic to say Ben Dar- and I don't want to spend too much time on this because he's number whatever on our list now, but not many not many players have had the interruptions that Ben has, and I think most reasonable people who follow the Crows would, would agree that Ben Davis was has been mismanaged uh, failed to get opportunities ahead of blokes like Tom Lynch um, when his form warranted them. Got hung out, hung out to dry, as, as Pete said, in a couple of games where we were getting smashed in graveyard venues. Um, so, uh, look, will he be a regular 22, first 22? Probably not. But every team has players that are not first 22 players. I think what Ben Davis offers us, apart from the cultural side, which I agree with, is also a bona fide mid-sized defender who has shown that he can be reliable. Um, so, and I don't think there's—I don't think that's a bad thing to have on our list, particularly when we have so much inexperience on our list at the moment. I don't—I don't want to pillory the lad because it's not his fault that he gets picked. In uh, uh, in uh, in the rookie list, that's not his fault. But I'm just saying that um, in normal circumstances, I don't believe he would have. And that's all I'm going to say. No more. What? Um, given that we took Nankervis in the preseason draft, so he goes straight on the uh, senior list. Uh, what would you have done with that rookie slot, um, uh, Mac? Would you have taken another uh, untried player? I would have, and I, that, that's, uh, for example, if, uh, I don't know whether there are any, and I haven't studied all the players that weren't taken. But sure. No, no, no. It's, no, it's not a loaded question. I, it's an open question. Yeah, it's an open question, and, and there are two types of player I would have been gambling on, uh, and, I, and I see it as, as a gamble that when you're down in the rookie list like that, and that's where we've actually played some gambles and come up top, uh, trumps for them. Yeah. Uh, I'd be looking for a young ruckman. Uh, to put in there, to just to spend the next three or four years and develop into a ruckman, uh, or I would have been looking for a uh, a tall mid in the rough that might develop into a good one. So, and um, tall one, and so they're one of the, either one of those two because I think we're just loaded with all the other positions. Yeah, uh, Pete. Any last words on Ben Davis? No, no, I've said my piece. Okay, um, uh, good points, Macca. I don't look. I'm a bit of a fan of Ben as well. Um, I think you got to, could have gone either way with that pick. I'm I'm probably not 
disappointed that they re-rookied him, uh, but I would have been just as happy if they'd have done what you said and taken on a project player. You, you are right, we are a little bit light on in the ruck stocks. Not sure who might have been around uh, that might have fit the bill and been worth a rookie spot, but anyway. That's the way the cookie crumbles. Let's look at um, each of these plays in a bit more detail, shall we? Because um, there's quite a bit to like about a lot of these players. And uh, we'll start off with uh, Mr. Rochelle, shall we? Um, first question, he's a confident lad. Uh, do either of you feel like he is going to be around in round one? Good chance. I, I think he's a really good chance. Um, the three S's apply to him, speed, skill and swagger. Um, he, he is good. He's good and he believes he's good. Um, I think that goes a long, long way to being successful, actually. Um, yep. uh, I th- he's just got that aura about him that we don't normally have. Um, and, uh, you know, he, Others, others who really know, they think he's going to be an A grader. Uh, I think he's going to be an A grader. And I mean, we just, have, you know, um, we relied on Eddie in the forward pocket. But to have a, a forward that can roam around with a bit of class, take a good buck, even if he is five foot eleven, um, and but uh, beautiful mover. Uh, I, I just think he's going to be playing right from game one. And I think he's going to develop into a very classy forward for us. And the one thing I do like about it is the fact he looked absolutely delighted to come to the Adelaide Football Club. Pete? Yeah, I agree, Macker. I, I, I'm happy that he certainly seemed happy to come to Wasi. His family, you know, they look pretty well adjusted in terms of him, you know, the fact that he's been at boarding school, they're used to him being away. I think that they... That in fact, actually, because of the whole soccer thing, they're probably grateful that he's not actually moved to Europe, to be honest. So probably Adelaide is a pretty small thing for them. To, um, so there wasn't that whole thing of mum crying and, you know, that whole thing. So I I think they're pretty a well-adjusted family. I think that, you know, he's... Uh, so in terms of coming to Adelaide, I think that's great. Uh, I, uh, I diverge from you a little bit. I, I'm not sure that he'll necessarily be ready round one. Um, so... I mean, Sam Berry, obviously, the exception, but I'm just a little bit concerned about you know, development over there in Victoria than the fact they haven't played a lot of games, uh, that whole thing. That's and relevant, yeah. How their match fitness will actually be. And I, and I don't say that in terms of any criticism of Josh, and I make no observation in terms of his playing ability, which seems to um, you know um, be very well suited to what we need, and he seems to be a very talented kid. And so I don't, I'm, not, I'm not making that kind of judgment, but just in terms of his actual fitness... And his ability to be able to run out games, and so I guess we'll see um, in the preseason. Um, but you know, I mean, look, you look at a kid like Sam Berry. He came over. He, you know, one preseason, bang, he, he pretty much played the whole year, and he'd come off of a fairly restricted, you know, COVID season over there. So it is possible. Um, so we'll just, I guess, you know, it's a little bit of a wait to see on Josh. I think, Payne. Yeah, I'd probably go along with that. Um... I feel like uh, he's got all the attributes to to hit the ground running uh, in round one. Um, Physically, he doesn't look underdeveloped. Um, uh, He's certainly confident. Um, 
So, you know, I think a bit is going to hinge on how quickly he gets up to speed during pre-season and uh, how he goes. I'm sure he'll get a run in a couple of pre-season games. Um, I see him initially as playing the Lockie Murphy role, uh, mm. being a bit of a talent upgrade on Lockie Murphy. Um, uh, no disrespect to Lockie, but I think uh, on the surface, Josh looks to have a few more tricks um, and uh, might offer us a little bit as a as a sort of a high half forward running back into the into the fifty. Um, but we've got a few players, and you know this is where it gets difficult, doesn't it? Because we've we've seen Braden Cook um, play a bit of a role similar to that uh, up forward. Um, we've got a couple of other youngsters up forward. We've got the incumbents, of course, Jimmy Rowe. Um, there who'll be looking to cement his spot and will benefit from another pre-season. So there's no telling how he will come up this year because there's no doubt in my mind that James Rowe's got the talent. I think my question with James Rowe has been um, uh, uh, his goal-kicking radar at AFL level. It certainly doesn't seem to... He seems to have been forced to play a lot higher at AFL level, either through design or... um, um, you know uh, how games have panned out, but as a consequence, we've we've missed his uh, or anyone's goal goal sneak sort of uh, qualities uh, at the at the at the square, if you like. There's a, lot of traffic, there's a lot of traffic for Josh to get through to cement himself in in the ones. And yeah. don't forget, they'll be they'll be. I mean, th- these kids coming in, they'll be running in smack bang into a Burgess preseason. So there's, I mean, obviously they'll have their own tailored programs, but it's going to be, I don't think it's going to be easy for them. No, and, and uh, you know, as we've gone on now, uh, two seasons impacted by COVID, I don't care what anyone says, uh, you know, we, we, would, we talked about it last year um, with the Victorian kids, um, and I think it might have been a reason why Sam Berry was held back a little bit from midfield minutes because... I think they they were worried about his ability to run out games playing midfield time. Um, But these lads, these Victorian boys, have got two interrupted seasons now of development. And I don't think you lose your talent, but you certainly lose your fitness base. Yeah. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. And for that reason alone, I think that um, uh, the lads that we've picked this year, all being Victorian boys, are going to struggle. I think that the, I think the one uh, on my research, the one maybe a chance is actually Saligo, because he's the one with the engine. Uh, out of all of those boys, he's the one with the really big engine. Yeah, Mac. Yeah, I was just going to say you're very very good with your description of our forward line there, Fane. And uh, what Roe was, if you watch how he played at West Torrance, he was hanging around in the goals up to half forward, and that made him very dangerous around goals. But for some reason, uh, playing for us, he obviously spent over 50 to 60% of his, of his time on ground hanging up closer up to the centre yeah. wing, and yeah. um, and which meant that, that... And I think he is our best crummer, um, or at least he tries all the time. Um, the one that could be under, under fire in, in terms of up, in, up forward is McAdam because he's lazy and he doesn't work hard no, enough. no and, doubt. There's no doubt, Mac. Yep. He's under so, the pump at the moment, McAdam. 
yeah, so, you know, uh, he's the one that could be really make way. Because um, I do like Cook. I think Cook is going to develop into a very good player over time. It might not be all this coming season, but in time he's going to be a very good player for us too, Cook. So McAdam is the one that I've got real big question marks on. Yeah. So, you know, um, looking at Josh, I mean, obviously, uh, I, I think he could be anything. He could end up being a very, very good small to medium forward, um, or he could make his way into the midfielder, into the midfield, I should say, and forge a career uh, there after a couple of seasons. Um, he's a good distributor. He knows where the ball is, and he knows where the goals are. So, um, you know, is he the type of player that I envisage just taking at six? Absolutely not. Am I disappointed to have him on our list? Absolutely not. I think that probably sums up how I feel about Josh Rochelle. Well, <laughs> you very summed it very well because what else are we going to do? Because uh, uh, we're going to, you know, we'll be going, I think if we didn't take him, we'd be going, I believe, for lesser players, although well, they may be, well, that's just my opinion, um, that... Uh, I just think that the one thing that we had, look, if you go back to last year and look at the number of times he went to our forward 50 and didn't score, was huge. Yeah. And and that's one of the reasons why we need uh, Josh Rochelle. Well, we need ball carriers through the middle of the ground, uh, Mac. I don't know whether you recall, but when we were doing uh, the forward 50 analysis in the first half of the year and, uh, you know, the amount of times we were one possession short going into our forward 50 and there and as a consequence having shallow 50 entries that's where yep. a bloke like josh rochelle is gonna is gonna work out and same with Braden cook i think is just providing that extra pardon me that extra option so that we're not bombing in from center we're bombing in from you know just outside the 50 say 65 meters out and so blokes that can provide that extra, that last possession in the chain before we try and hit a target um, are key, and, and that's that's Josh, I think. Uh, Josh will do that better than a Lachlan Murphy, I think. Um, and, Absolutely. Uh, uh, you know, for that reason alone, maybe he gets a gig after he's found his feet. But, uh, look, a really good, um, a really good pick uh, under the circumstances. Um, we kind of, it was weird with pick, our pick four slash six because we kind of ended up being caught in no man's land, didn't we? Um, hmm. You know, just away from the obvious talent and uh, not quite there for the value pick. So I wouldn't have been unhappy with a Hobbs. I wouldn't have been unhappy with Port's first uh, pick, actually. Uh, Sin, I thought he was pretty good as well. Um, but under the circumstances, I think of the three of those... We've certainly got whoopsie. We've certainly got the most talented, I think, of those three. Yeah. Um, yeah. Look, Hobbs would have been a very good pick in the sense of uh, he's a uh, a mass ball getter in the in the middle, and uh, his highlights are very very good too. But he but he's not pacey. But having said that, he gets a, a heap of the ball. So. Um, I think that, you know, he would have been a worthy take. That's only one possibility, but then we would have had just one more type, one player of the same type of what we've already got. That's the problem there. Um, and Sin, um, he's, re- he's a more of a half-back flanker, really, and uh, he'll end up playing probably more as a wingman than, a, than a non-baller. 
And uh, and I think when, when you look at our wings with uh, Seed and Dawson, I think we've got the best wingman in the competition. Peter? Oh, look, I'm, you know, um, as I said, you know, quite, quite happy. I mean, I said on the, sh- on the show before the draft that I was uh, uh, quite keen on the Zaya Wangley Miller. Um, but yes. in the end, you know, um, perfectly happy with that, with that pick in the end. And um, look, I think that you have to look at, if you, if you look at the way the game's going, Fina Macker, and the fact that, you know, 666, stand on the mark, all that stuff. The game is becoming a very, very quick ground level game. And um, I think, I think you know, if you look at our draft in a totality, I mean, I think that's where, that, that's, that's what they're looking at, to be honest. Yeah. All right. Jate Saligo, um, who we took with our second pick, uh, 179 centimetres, although, you know, don't forget, let's not forget that these lads are still 18. They might get another centimetre or two out of them. Uh, before they stop growing. So around about the 180 mark, 80 kegs. So he's got a good size about him. Um, you know, excellent work rate, as you mentioned before, Peter. Um, gets a lot of the balls, got good hands, um, and he's got a good kick, although a little bit errant at times. Um, now, Peter, you mentioned uh, that you feel out of all of them that he might be the one to slot in. I think so, just on, almost on the Sam Berry kind of principle, just the fact that I think that um, based upon what I've had a look at, I mean, obviously since we drafted him, but he just looks to be the, the, the kid that I think is most likely to deal with a, um, a full AFL pre-season. Um, massive engine and kind of kid that, you know, if you look at, put it this way, if you're looking for Sam Berry to take a step, yeah. I think Saligo is the most likely to play the kind of role that we saw Sam playing last year, if that makes sense. Yeah. So I think that if you looked at if you look at particularly his last two or three games, you know, I think he had like sort of one game where he had ten tackles, another game where he has sort of eight tackles. You know, he's tough. He's, you know, very, very hard. Um, and as Hamish said, pure footballer. Um, and so I just think he's that kind of kid that looks like that he he's got the he's got the engine. And he's got the defensive game to be able to slot in to that kind of role that you, you know you need a kid to take up as they first come into the team. Yep. So that that, that would be my um, he would be my tip as the most likely of the, of uh, the new draftees to play at round one. Yeah, we've just got his highlights running on the screen at the moment, and um, you know, in terms of size, he doesn't look out of place um, amongst his peers. Um, he looks uh, to me. I, if I was going to make a comparison, I'm thinking Sam Mitchell, ex Hawthorne player, mm. is who I'm see, seeing with uh, Jake Saligo, uh, gritty um, left footer predominantly. I think. Um, yep. Loves tackle. Loves loves a tackle. Um, average six point three tackles uh, last season in the NAB League. Um, and 22 and a bit disposal. So I can see a Sam Mitchell acute general kind of player um, as Jake's ceiling, you know, as Jake's potential, I guess you could say. Um, and gee whiz, you wouldn't mind a, a Sam Mitchell uh, for 200-odd games. So uh, if that's how I see him projecting. So hopefully he can deliver on that. Yeah, I, I thought Pete subbed him up pretty well, actually. Um 
he, he is a bit of an animal. He he does love a tackle. There's no doubt about that. And in that, in that respect, he's a little bit uh, Sam Berry like that. They yeah. they they both both love a tackle. So um, interesting thing too. The first two picks are, are country boys. Um, he um, used to travel right from the country to come and play football every, every week. And uh, he did win his uh, NAB uh, club's uh, best and fairest. So yep. he's obviously got talent. Um, so I, I, I'm with yeah. He 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 well could play round one. Very good. Uh, as I said, a bit, little bit left field, but uh, certainly uh, looks to have the package. And as a couple have mentioned on the chat too, uh, projected at around about our pick uh, in most dispatches prior to the draft. So not a surprise to go around about that um, place. Would would we have taken him had Matty Roberts been available? I highly doubt I th- it. I think we would have taken Roberts. We we, we, Robo was there. He was. We were getting like you could see it, absolutely yeah. see it. And yeah. and the fact that we were just sort of like scrambling a bit. I thought I honestly thought that we that we thought that Robo was slop was coming through. Yeah. 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 I agree. I agree. Um, and am I disappointed? A touch because I've said all along that I think Matty Roberts will play 200 quality games for someone. Um, Pete, I know you're a big G for him. We both feel that he's slipped uh, uh, down the pecking order uh, for reasons that weren't necessarily logical. Um, I see him as a rangy left footer, not much dissimilar to Simon Goodwin. But we don't have Matt Roberts. We have... Jake Saligo, and I think uh, of the players around about there, I think that was as good a pick as any. Yep, agreed. The next one is Zach Taylor. Um, and as you both have pointed out, uh, possibly the steal of the draft. Pete? Yeah, I, it's a funny one because in all of, the, all of the mocks and all of the analysis that went through, you know, he, he was sort of around about that sort of 20 to 25 kind of pickled thereabouts and, um, uh, you know, just watching his vision, he just looks a, a, a really, really um, a classy footballer. Um, so, yeah, I think that they would have been, and clearly they got the sniff that he was going to be available and so they, they jumped in and did some deals to make sure that they, uh, that they had the pick to be able to get him because uh, they didn't have that pick. But I think that once they had the sniff that they were going to be able to, that he was too good to resist. Um, so, so there we go. And just you know, look, if you look at his vision, it's just his evasion through traffic that I like. He's an incredibly agile player, and um, uh, another lefty, and um, just uh, you know uses the ball really, really well. But um, it's his it's his evasion and his vision through traffic that was um, I'm sure that you know the, the recruiters would have loved. And um, so yeah, he he, um, he was an ideal pickup maker. Yeah, look, he's an excellent two-sided player, and I think, you know, you described him very, very well. Um, and uh, the potential steal, best deal in the, in the draft, we, I think we're all agreeing about that, um, and I reckon he'll prove it too. Um, he uh, is regarded as one of the, actually one of the best kicks in the NAB, uh, full stop, in, uh, in that NAB competition. Um, his, his highlights were effective, and I think you described very vividly there, Pete, how, how evasive he is. He's completely two-sided. He also won his best and fairest in his NAB team as well. So, uh, yeah, I just think 
in long, whether it's this year or next year, he's going to be a good player for us. Yeah, from what I've seen of him, uh, he's not necessarily an inside player. He plays probably more outside than inside, but he's that guy that you want to you want to have that second possession out of a clearance or out of a stoppage. He's the, he's the guy that you want the ball in hand. And if you're thinking about who might have been that player this year for Adelaide, it would have been Paul Seedsman as being that last, you know, um, linking the handball train out of a stoppage or out of a clearance. Um, and I would suggest that we've got a similar type of player um, in Zach Taylor with maybe a little bit more intent on contact, doesn't mind a tackle, um, but uh, gets a lot of inside 50s, uh, gets a lot of the ball, so he knows where to put himself um, in traffic and in uh, in those transition chains and uh, seems to be able to use it better than most at his level. So a really good pickup uh, as far as I'm concerned. Uh I'm always a bit cautious when people say, oh, he was a steal at the level because, you know, he wasn't talked about in the top 10 or whatever. Um, so, yes, he probably slipped a little bit lower uh, than expected, but he certainly wasn't touted as a top 10 pick. Uh, so it does have some flaws. Um, interesting. I, I think what's interesting for me is if you look at Saliga and Taylor, and I was reading, I remember where I saw it the other day, I was reading that both of these kids... Are, are a little bit nasty, yeah. And I just, I just think that um, my gut feel is that Nick's, Matty Nick's is, and I saw it a few times this year. He, I think he's trying to put together that really, really contested final style, you know, game style. And yeah, I, I, saw, yeah. it, I saw it in the show. I saw it in the showdown when I, and I remember I, I reported back. I sat up really, really high, and I watched how how Nixie had everybody one on one. There was no zones. There was nothing like that. It was just a one-on-one, like, brutal, contested game. I feel like that's where Nixie's going. I feel like that's the player that he wants. And um, both Taylor and Saligo, a little bit nasty. Well, and if you look at the picks last year as well. They've got a little bit about them. But um, just, you know, look out. I think uh, you could add Pedler and Berry to that mix, and I also think that uh, Harry Schoenberg gets a little bit of white line as well. So, um, you know, you're right, Peter. Uh, he does seem to be building that sort of a, a engine room. Oh, I don't mind it at all. Um, you know, it's all very well having silk, and we do have a little bit of silk um, in that mix, and we've got a couple of blokes like Miller who are yet to come back into that mix as well. Um but I like it too. And I, I always harken back to the last time we were really competitive, which was about, what, 2000 and... Uh, I don't know. Just at, just at the... In the middle of uh, the Neil Craig run, where I remember commenting about it. It must have been about 2016, where we had about eight or nine blokes that could rotate through the middle. And it feels like he's building a similar... Um, a similar squad where he's got a lot of midfield options and I'd be very surprised if we saw the same stagnant three that we did in 21 um, maybe maybe not with this year's crop but certainly with Schoenberg and Berry and Pedler as well um, it seems to me that we're building a little bit of versatility through that midfield again which is mm. good to see Well Nick's had that sorry Pete, no, Nick's had actually stated that very point that you just made that 
but we have to build up the numbers that we can rotate through the middle. Uh, and so I think you're right. You did did right there, Fiend. Just on that that issue of being a little bit nasty, I did read something the other day in social media as well. There was a report that came back from a um, a school football game um, in, in Melbourne this year, and there was a certain school team that was some young players were getting a bit beat up upon by another school, and there was one player that jumped in and flew the flag pretty aggressively, and that was one Josh Rochelle. So I think that he's another one um, that has just got a little bit about him. I think that, yeah, I, I think that Nixie is looking for that kind of player. Yeah, I think so. Um, the good thing is that we've we've pretty much... We've pretty much cleansed the list of um, of players who we feel might have a little chink in their armour and we've replaced them with lads that on the surface certainly seem to have a little bit more grit and resilience about them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Couldn't agree more. I, I don't feel like we're building a list of downhill skiers. Um, just about every one of those players that we just rattled off a moment ago has a little bit of determination and mongrel about them. And then you add in blokes like Geordie Butts um, down back and then Riley up forward, who also plays a bit angry. <laughs> you know, quite, and... Quite, uh, quite frankly, Sane, I don't, I don't want to be playing any practice games in the pre-season. I really don't. Uh, I think it'll be a bit... Would weird. not be interested. Yeah. I'd, I'd just walk away. Yeah, so, uh, of course, uh, the last one we need to talk about is one that came out of left field a little bit, um, and that is young Nankervis. Um, I must admit, again, I don't know a lot about him. Um, Mac? He was, well, actually, when I looked through the phantom brass, and he was tipped to go around about the 50 mark in the, in the, some of the phantom brass, and uh, so, obviously, not uh, a total... Um, pick out of the blue, um, but I think you know they've they've sat down at, at the end of the night and they've run through the players that are left over, and it's obviously they were pretty red hot on this particular player, uh, and because we and when we started off we only had two picks to start the night off and we and we'd already done very very well with what we did to end yes, up with absolutely with what we did and then they thought to themselves. Well, we can't take the risk of anybody taking him in the, in the uh, rookie rookie draft because there were uh, three before us. Yeah, and they've gone, which is the, which a very unusual technique, but a very clever one. They've gone in the PSD where they weren't going to be challenged and uh, and picked him up that way. And uh, so they must have a very good opinion of him to put him straight onto the senior list when he could have been a rookie. Um, and they did not want to have the chance of losing him. So what I see. There is, they think this is a lad with a lot of potential. And when you look at his hands, his hands are very good. He and his actually movement for a guy of his size is pretty yeah, good. His too. agility, his agility is off the charts, Macca. Yeah, it is, isn't it? And uh, I have no doubt this is the boy they see long term becoming that big-bodied midfielder. Yeah, yeah he see he see he hasn't had a lot of development because he he only came to uh, the Sandy Dragons as a top age player. Yeah, so I don't know what he was doing before then. But... He only came to Sandy Dragon's program as a top ager. Didn't play bottom age, under 18s. And, um, or, tra- you know, train with him, I guess, given the COVID thing. But So he, he's only had the one season in the program. And so 
Um, but, you know, according to Hamish, they saw him in the first internal trial and they've been tracking him ever since because he is just a, a very athletic, a big, big high leap, um, incredibly agile. So there's a lot of athletic stuff there. I think that's your classic kid that you want to sort of look at as a late pick because he's got all the athletic traits. They just need to teach him some football. So, um, no, he was a very, very firm. <clears throat> Hamish was clear that there was one of the, one of the guys was retiring or moving on, one of the recruiters. And um, I think Hamish in his interview said that that was the going away present because this guy desperately wanted Nankervis on our list. Yeah, he's he plays and looks very loose, if you ask me. And I don't mean loose as in not checking. I mean he's very raw. His kicking style is very raw. Um, you know, he's obviously got good agility, but he, he doesn't look compact in his movement. He's all arms and legs, and his kicking style needs some tightening up uh, to get some consistency. Uh, but he certainly has the attributes um, to work with. Uh, certainly what I would talk about as a project player, I guess you'd say. You hate to put that label on a kid, but... Um, I think he's got some rough edges to smooth out, which he'll be able to do in the in the seconds. Uh, and I guess it'll be very interesting to watch him develop over the next 12 to 24 months. Yep. But the good thing is, um, uh, probably our best recruit for the year um, is Darren Burgess. And if ever these kids are going to get worked over... Um, and get up to AFL fitness uh, in a hurry, it's going to be under under Burjo's uh, tutelage. So uh, you'd imagine that these boys will at least get some sort of a tank in their first 12 months. I, I don't expect to see Nankervis this year. I don't expect to see much of Zach Taylor this year, to be perfectly honest. Um, no, you're probably correct there. Um, particularly because we've got to get some games into Lukey Pedler. Um and, um, you know, we've got to keep chugging games into Harry and, and Sam Berry and the like. Um, I do see Josh getting in, um, assuming there's no mishaps in the first quarter of the year. Um, but uh, a really good base, a really good base, I think. And uh, I'm just going to, if we can, uh, oh, if I just segue out of that um, with any last words from you guys before... If there's anyone on the Discord chat that does want to have a say, uh, please, by all means, feel free to put up your hand. Give us your opinion on what you thought about the uh, the Crows' efforts during the draft. Um, and while we're doing that, you guys talk away. I'm just going to bring up our list now. We can talk for a minute about our list profile, I think. Well, my, you know, my comments are that, you know, when we went into the, the, the draft with um, pick six and pick 33... If you'd said to me we were going to walk away with four players on the main list, <laughs> I wouldn't have thought that was possible. But um, I, I think that the uh, the uh, drafting and trading team, they, they've done an excellent job this year. And the one thing did irritate me was the fact of that trade with Melbourne being knocked back on, on the grounds of the fact that a we were reusing a draft with them or something like that. and. Um, I've never heard of that ever being mentioned anywhere. And the one no, no, thing no, is that's that always I, been a rule. You can't well, trade yeah, a pick that rule. was traded to you. That's a rule, uh, I guess. So. I was, is that right? Yeah. I, I, knew, I knew you couldn't do it with a player. They just forgot about it, I think. So, 
Oh, you couldn't do with a probe. I've never heard it said before about the pick. No, you pick can't. Side. You can't get a pick back that you've traded to someone else. Okay. So I, I just thought. I just wondered whether it was just the usual, you know, smash Adelaide because they they do love doing it. Just a I, you, you know what, Fiend? I'm just going to sum up the draft like this. I like Matthew Nix, and I like the players that Matthew Nix likes. Very well That's put. It. Very well put. Because yeah, uh, I think Nix is definitely heading the club in the right direction. There's a certain style of play and a certain style of, style of player that he needs to, to fulfil that. And it did look like he had a reasonable amount of say in the in when I say he wouldn't have gone out there looking, but they would have said these are the options and we think such and such and such and he would have vetted them that they meet the the standards of what he required for the game the game plan that we're gonna play. And I do like his game plan because when we really get on board with it, I mean we we knocked off both teams that played in a grand final. Mm-hmm. Um so I mean it it is the right game plan. It's just a matter of the players getting used to playing that game plan all the time, not deviating, which they did at times because of the fact it was new. And uh, But this year I would expect that we'll be more consistent with playing that game plan and that, um, yeah, I'm sort of tipping we might win somewhere between eight to ten games this year. I, I can see us doing that. All right, well, let's um, just round off this discussion with a look at our list profile, um, which I've put up here um, for the people watching. Um, And we'll start off with our midfield. um, And we've got got four players with over 100 games experience, Sloaney, Laird, Seed and Crouch. And then it falls away dramatically. Keys yeah, on 68, yeah. Harry on 30, Sam on 17, Jackson Hately on 16. Uh, Hinge listed here as a midfielder, although I'd say he's more of a running defender. For Braden Cook, three, Luke Pedler, two, Jake uh, Saligo, Luke Nankervis, Josh Rochelle, Zach Taylor, all yet to get off the mark. Um, so, you know, we've still. Let's. We have got the makings of quite a well-rounded, if a little bit one-sized midfield, um, but there's still a lot of games to get into these kids. Yeah, yeah coming back to the size thing, though, it was, I think it was 2019 that uh, Richmond won the flag with uh, 16 players under 183 centimetres. Yes, and I think, as I, as I said to you, uh, or as I said at the outset, I think my initial reaction to the draft was a little simplistic uh, because I was a bit disappointed we didn't go for a more bigger-bodied mid. Still, I still would have liked us to take one a little bit with a bit more size. Um, if you have a look, if you have a look here. I think one thing I wanted to add tonight, Fiend, is that. If you if you want to look at the I mean if you want to look at your list in, in a corporate a corporate sense and you and you're trying to sort of build an asset base, you know if you're if you're picking for talent and if you if you're on you know if you're on and you back yourself and you've got the talent, then if you are um, um, surplus in a particular area or a particular you know size or whatever that may be, you then 
I guess then what you do is you build trade capital to look towards trading, you know, something in at a later date rather than, you know, rather than sort of spending, looking for a particular type which may not necessarily develop and you may, not, you may end up losing in terms of an asset acquisition. In a corporate speak, do you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Look, um, I 100% agree, and the club themselves, uh, Hamish, has said that this is the last year that we'll go heavy at the draft, and yep. uh, it's quite likely that in the next couple of years we'll be looking at trading and, and uh, free agency. And, and I think it's spot on. I think... What we've built is uh, a squad that has got a lot of talent and versatility. Not all are going to make it, obviously, um, but I think uh, that there will be scope for trades. And uh, if, as and I agree with you, Macker, I think we're eight to ten wins next year. Um, and I think there's a bit of excitement building around Adelaide, and I think there will be players that will target. I think that will want to come and play for a rising team. Um, so I think you're spot on. Um, so, you know, uh, there's a couple of question marks here. Jackson Haightley is one. Jackson, yeah. uh, 190 centimetres, 83 kilogram. Uh, said himself in the interview that we did with him at the beginning of the year, he saw himself as a big inside midfielder. Um, we didn't see any of it. And... Um, Lots of question marks over Jackson. The reports are that he was carrying a groin for the majority of the season, um, which obviously would hamper you. One has to wonder why he wasn't put out to pasture, but we're not medicos, so who knows. Uh, But Haightley needs to make every post a winner, in my opinion, this season. Yeah, he's sort of under the hammer, isn't he? Um, Because um, he wanted to come to Adelaide because he didn't, wasn't getting the opportunities in the mid as that big tall mid in the with the, the Giants and uh, he well as you say he didn't show much when he did get an opportunity but um, when you read the fact that he's got groin injuries well I, I I just don't understand why they keep playing with it because you just can't yeah I just noticed you, that you, 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 you just can't perform the question I was going to throw at you though Faye you were talking quite rightly about the fact that in future. Um, that uh, we will be probably looking at opportunities to trade players in. And everybody's always talking about Lacocious and Rankin, and I know that you're not overly keen on bringing Lacocious in. Um, and with our recruitment of Rochelle, is there any need to bring Rankin in? So, no. Um, no. So... Um, not, well, put it this way. Not unless we're projecting Josh as a midfielder, in which case we still need that speedy small forward. Um, uh, Macker, I think if I can just jump in, yeah. Macker, you got to. I think you have to look at what Matthew Nix is building down there, and yep. the culture that he's building down there, and the style of player. And no one was a bigger G for me than with those two players. Um, you know, when, when they were drafted. But you have to ask yourself the question. After three years or four years on the mm. Gold Coast, with the with the way that those two are cruising up there, how are they going to be? How are they going to fit into the kind of culture and the kind of squad that Matthew Nix is building? And are they Matthew Nix type players? That's why I raised the question. Exactly, Pete. It's an extremely good point, Peter. Extremely good point. 
Um, I don't think Rankin profiles as that sort of player. Um, he'd, 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 Rankin would need to put in a pretty good season to convince me that he's worth chasing, and then all that does is push up his value to a point where you wonder whether he's worth the currency, um, because obviously having been a top pick uh, in his draft year, a top two pick in his draft year, they'll want to get some of that back. Uh, at the moment, they can't justify it with his form, but if he puts on a, a good stretch of form, they'll be asking for a first-round pick, and I don't know whether I want to spend that on another short player. Well, I'll need form. It's just so, for example, we were talking about trading him this year, at the end of this year. He's a, he was a second-rounder at best on his form, a second-rounder at best. Well, right and, now and it is. Yeah, and... It comes back to the point you were saying about whether if he played well next year, of course, then he, of course he'd raise his value again. But yeah, um, uh, yeah, it's an interesting one. And whether we, I mean, you can't be locked in just to one or two players. So there must, and I'm sure that the club will be looking around further than those two. The one thing I do know is that the club was very, very wedded to Lacocious. Was very wedded to Lacocious, and Lacocious family was very wedded to the crows so whether that has got any bearing now after three years um it was always what i was told was the fact that he will ultimately come home and would like to come back to the crows but whether it's now a question of whether we really want to or whether we do need him peter oh i just you know, with Isaac, I just reckon even now, I reckon if you put him in a 15-minute internal trial with Saligo on him, just to match up on him one-on-one, I reckon Rankin would just like, he'd just walk off. I reckon he just wouldn't be bothered. I reckon Saligo would just drive him into the ground. Yeah. Lukosius? Uh, I just think with Dawson, you know, I just similar kind of, you know, style players. Uh, for me... Like Jack Lukosius, he's a key forward and he's just been cruising on the wing and half back and kicking the ball out and, you know, getting a thousand metres gained because he runs 10 metres and kicks 60 metres and, you know, that whole thing. And I think that he just has to, you know, he needs to have a season where he, you know, he actually goes to where he was projected um, back in, the S- in his SNFL days for the Eagles. And that's as a key forward. And I think if he, he presents as a key forward, and I think if he actually makes it there, then. Yes, you'd absolutely have a look at him, but at the moment he's just cruising, taking probably about six hundred grand a year up at Gold Coast, playing on the wing and kicking the ball out, and you know probably surfing and, and having a good time. Well, I'm 100%. sorry, but that's just how I see it. Hundred percent. And again, once you get into that groove, Peter, it's hard to get out of it. And uh, you go from an environment like that to an environment um, that seems to be building at Adelaide, um, where you've got to kick it up a notch. Don't know. Uh, you know, I mean, we obviously have connections there. Um, I'm sure he would love to be playing for the Crows. Um, I wouldn't yep. mind betting that we might see him around free agency time uh, if we've yep. got the room. Uh, but I don't see us trading for either of those two players anymore. Yep. Um, just looking at our defensive stocks real quick. Um, and uh, yeah. again... You know, we've got a very good mix here now in defence. Um, a, a couple of old stages in Brody Smith and Luke Brown. Uh, Miller are there, obviously, who might project into the middle. We've got Tommy Duday, future captain. Chase has really cemented his spot down back. 
Uh, Lockie yep. Scholl, who can play up on the wing. Will Hamill is a real concern with his concussions. Andy McPherson yep. was a bit up and down. Second year Blues, hopefully he kicks on. Geordie Butts, an absolute standout. Uh, Nick Murray, uh, similar. Uh, Fisher yep. Mackesy. Fisher Mackesy. Um, do we see him long-term as a forward or a defender? I think they were pretty clear that they see him as a forward now and they see Frampton yep. as a defender. I think that's yep. what how it's going to go forward this year. I think Billy will be... You know, and I saw a bit from, you know, and you know that I'm not a fan of Billy Frampton, but I saw some signs from him that he could be a decent 200 centimetre, you know, key defender with some, oh. like if he actually works with the defenders this year and gets some coaching and, you know, he, he might be all right. Yep. Well, that's his one and only chance, isn't it? Because um, every opportunity he's been given up forward, he's shown us that he, he's a an average player up forward, and, that, and that's not what we really need. Um, he's not an average player up forward, Macca. He's a very, very good player up forward, just not at AFL level for some yeah. reason. And I think it's confidence with, with Billy Frampton. Because well, you, watch him, yeah. you, you watch him play forward for the SANFL, and he's a monster. He's a monster. Oh, I agree with you. And SNFL is playing defence, getting 30 touches. Yeah. As a 200 centimetre player. I mean, it could I, be anything, really. I actually think he's got a problem with self belief. Well, really it is. Obviously. Whereas in the back line, of course, you don't, there isn't that same pressure on you. you, Not you quite. You've got, well, you've got two options there. You've got the option to spoil or you've got the option to mark. Yeah. And uh, uh, whereas when you're up forward, you're expected to take the mark. And uh, I, look, uh, I think that Pete's right. Um, uh, defence is his spot uh, and for the few games that he played there he showed a lot um, so if he you know, if he plays there quite a bit I think he could really develop into a good player there um, Ashoka on the chat says uh, Frampton can't stay on his feet and I think the three of us and probably a lot of people understand that blokes fall over when they are feeling pressure that's when blokes go to ground, when they're feeling pressure. And I, I feel like that's symptomatic of Billy suffering from self-imposed pressure, if you ask me. Because, again, you watch him at SANFL level, he doesn't do it. He's a completely different player at SANFL level. So, imagine, uh, imagine having a 200-centimetre key defender that can get 30 possessions a game. Yeah, because he's, I mean, he's quite it's, agile. Close your mind, size. really. Yep. So you'd have to persevere with him there and give him a crack. Well, and they have, which is good. Um, Joshy Worrell's yep. an interesting one. Only got the one game mm. in. Uh, looked a little bit um, uh, under the level. Um, obviously, 195 centimetre defender um, is absolutely worth persevering with. Um, and uh, it'll be interesting to see how he goes. We've got Jimmy Borlase, of course, uh, rookie or supplementary or whatever he was. Um, he looks all right, Borlase. Yeah, I worry about his uh, his size. One ninety two. He plays the game as if he's taller, Mac. Mm. He definitely so, does. So I wonder whether he's a bit of a tweener at this level. No, um, one thing he's you know, he's a very determined player, and then he's got. I think he's got plenty of ability. He's uh, form was pretty good. Uh, I think he's long term chance. We've got many, many options in defence, Vane. Many. Uh, but the one uh, I would like to talk about is that the one Pete mentioned up, up, uh, and using him up forward, uh, having abandoned him down back, which is what we drafted him for, is Mackesy. Yep. Is he going to make a forward? That's the big question. 
Well, well he'll have to, Mac. If he doesn't, he'll he'll, he'll go because he, he's not my. They're not playing. Like Reedy was very clear. He's been moved to the forwards. He's been training with the forwards. Yeah. Right. He's gone. If he doesn't make it, as a, well, you know that he's out of the defence. Right, Pete, and and, and accepting everything you said is is right. Well, that's just coming from the club. That's that's from the club. That's from Reed. Oh, I'm I'm accepting it, and I'm saying, but whose spot does he take? Well, I mean, it's Himmelberg and him really for for a uh, a second key forward. Yeah, I suppose that would be it. Yeah. Yep. Well, it was Himmelberg and Frampton before, so just take Frampton out and put Macassie in. Yeah. Um, Mitchie Hinge, yeah, Mitchie Hinge, I really like, and I really hope he mm. can get his uh, shoulder right because I think yep. he could be quite damaging off half back. He's got fantastic attack on the ball. He's very good in the air, and he's got a kick, um, and he's a good size for that type of player. Very, uh, he would be an upgrade on Jake Kelly playing in a similar role if he can get right. So let's hope he can get right. And little Paddy Parnell. God knows what's gonna what's gonna. <laughs> I like Patty. What's gonna happen I love, there? I love him. Where would I you play him, Pete? Oh, I, you play him. I, I, you know, I think Chase will probably eventually move up a little bit, and um, you play him in a back pocket, maybe off half back, because he just kicks the ball beautifully. Yeah. The club rate the club really rate him. Who's well, that? Nineteen. Kicks the football I've seen. He's still one of the youngest kids in the in the club at the club. Yeah, I, I heard one of the one he's like, you know, he's just he's one of those kids that Nixie just loves. He can just play football and he can just kick the footy. Yeah, I, 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 so. I heard one of the club officials talking about him. They were saying that, um, yeah, overall they love him, man, because they they don't think this year will be his year. This year will be his year to get ready for playing next year. Yeah, well, maybe. Yeah, well, you know, to take a player like Patrick Parnell in a mid-season draft. When you're obviously not projecting to play him for eighteen months, that's a big call. So, uh... he, tell you, he came over, and, you know, mid-season draft, straight out of junior football into the sample, and had no trouble whatsoever finding the football at his NFL level. No trouble. Yeah. Uh, but after coming back to Hinge, I, I I'm not sure how many minutes he actually played before he injured himself, but it was one of the most impressive. Yeah, they were minutes, minutes that... weren't they? Oh, outstanding. I thought, geez, we've got a player here. And I was so upset when he hurt his shoulder because, um, I mean, he's got a laser-like leg on him as well. And um, yeah, and he has no problem finding the ball. Now, if he can have a good season behind, you know, fitness-wise, he'd be a regular, I think. Yeah, I, I do like him. I've been a fan ever since he came over, and uh, I really hope he can get that shoulder right. Forwards. Uh, Interesting, uh, and we touched on it already. Of course, we've got Tex. Um, we'll be pushing 32 by the time we kick off next year um, and obviously coming back after a bit of a cloud. Um, the other tools, Darcy Fogarty, um, Elliot Himmelberg, uh, Frampton's gone, Riley Thilthorpe, of course, looking to cement himself at least at this stage as our premier key forward, although I don't think that'll last forever. Um, I think I'm glad would... you raised that thing because I think that I think there's a whole lot of underselling of Riley going on here, and I think that you're right. I think that he'll be looking to establish himself early doors as a forward. But I'm going to make this statement, and I'm going to I'm going to make this call. 
Macron Fane. Are you ready for it? We're ready. You ready? ready. I reckon Riley will be the next and one of the only, but he'll certainly be the next 200-centimetre player that will win a Brownlow medal. He'll move, oh. into the mid, he'll move into the midfield. He won't be a he, – he'll drift forward occasionally, but he'll be a midfielder, and he will win a Brownlow medal. There you go. I've well, said it. Pete, I, I, Pete, I've got to give you a big tip. I agree with you. Geez, we're not short of making Brownlow tips early on, are we? <laughs> I've got my money no, on no. Harry. You've got yours on Riley. Look, I don't disagree with you, Peter. Um, I, I, you know, I think that the Crows, just with his attributes, will just want to have him more involved. He's too good a player to be sitting up forward waiting for the ball to be delivered to him. I think I that I think that's the the bottom line. I think they want him around the contest as often as possible. Now, whether that be that he ends up being a ruckman, or whether, as you say, um, Pete, he ends up being just a massive midfield presence, who knows? Um, he grabbed. Ground is as good as any midfielder. Oh, it's fantastic. Oh, I know that. You don't have to convince me. Um, it'll just be interesting to see how they play him. Um, but I don't think Riley will spend his career playing as a key forward. Um, with you no, on he'll that be one. wasted up there. He'll be wasted. Well, with you on that I think well, that's really a clue given about that last year because he was often running around in the centre wing area, etc. Um, like the, he'd start off at the full forward, but. Uh, he'd only be there for a few minutes and then, then they just give him the uh, licence to run around up, up, up around, around the midfield area. So um, I, I am with Peter. I think he's going to develop into an absolute champion and I think he will spend time in the middle and I think he will, and he is going to be good enough to win a Brownlow. There you go. Can I go now? <laughs> <laughs> well, you're pretty much... Pretty much, you know, blown everything out of the water with that one. Um, look, right. he, we know he could be anything. By all reports, he's put on a bit of beef. Uh, we know what a competitive beast he is. Uh, we know how good he is around his ankles. Um, he's probably, at this stage of his career, I would say he's better at his feet than above his head. And, yes, um, yeah, that's And uh, he will need to, as a forward, we need him to be taking a few marks. So he does need to develop that um, side of his game. Um, how, do, how do we see things shaping up next season, just to round off this look at the squad? Obviously, we've got Tex, we've got Darcy, um, uh, Riley and Himmelberg as the four... Oh, and Riley... Uh, yeah, did I say Riley? Yeah, as the four keys. Do we or Mackesy. Or Mackesy. So, of those five players, what's the mix? Do you think, considering they're probably we're going to be probably looking at filling three spots with those five players? First, there. I think I think Darcy will have the goal square. Yeah, as he has been. I think he's been de- developing really well in that role. I th- I think there's a role for Elliot as that crash, you know, that player that you know, as you used to uh, you said before, Fiend, that kind of that Matthew Robin. Kind of play that they just kick in that direction, and he just kind of just makes out. a contest and yeah. just straightens you up a little bit. Um, so I think there's a role for him there. I think Riley will drift sort of in and out. Uh, I think even even next year he'll start drifting in and out a little bit, um, yep. playing playing minutes up there. I guess that then you then have to look at whether there's room to fit um, someone like Fish up there. I guess it just you know you just have to see how how he goes. But I think primarily Walker will come back. 
uh, I guess. So Fisher and Walker probably seem to me to be, you know, that, that seems to be a position that they're contesting for. But I think that in terms of roles, you've got Darcy with the goal square, you've got um, um, Elliot sort of straightening them up and then probably Fish stroke Walker um, providing that extra that extra tall sort of leading out. Does that make sense? Yep. Uh, does Walker play a full season, Macca? Uh, depends on his form. Uh, if his form's good enough, he will. Um, but we missed uh, a six to start off with, doesn't he? How many does he miss? He's got a, no. He has to, he's already missed three. He's got another okay, three. He misses three. Okay. Right, yes, now, having said that, he is giving the others a start, and you know that's something you never want to do in AFL football. It's because if a player uh, plays very well in that particular position, there's no reason to put uh, Walker in if that player is doing very well. So. Um, he will come in at some stage, I've no doubt about that. And I think that he is working his ring off at the moment. No, he is running apparently like he's never run for years. And uh, I I think he will, will come back and play some pretty good footy. So, um, And I know that he wants to also play on next year. I don't know if that will happen. but uh, well, We've been saying I, that for the last two or three years, haven't we, with Tex? Yep. Uh, but I... I think when he does come in, he'll be very good because he'll be as fit as he's ever been in his life. And I, I think we, I don't know that we'll ever have three tools on the ground at one time. We'll have three tools, but they may rotate off the bench. Um, I think that going by the players that we'd be selecting, you can see there's going to be uh, a lot of. I mean, I mean, Cook's probably if he's on one half forward flank, and you've got Rochelle in there, you. you Probably going to have Rowe, and you're going to have um, oh, what? Uh, what's his name? The, the little McHenry. little fellow who came, McHenry, who came good last year. Um, I, I think those guys will do very well, and uh, I think that we will have a bit of a mosquito fleet around there with a couple of tools, and sometimes three tools, depending on who we're playing and how they're structured. So, uh, I think we've got versatility there. Yeah, I'd like to see a lot more of Lockie Gallant next season. I just thought the game that he played just oozed potential. Um, he played well. Oh, just some of the things he's got. He's got footy IQ. I hate using that cliche, but the, the couple of marks that he went for, it, the way he was able to get himself into position when he was completely out of position, just showed me he was a natural footballer. And I just, I have a feeling he's going to be a very good player for us. Um, I can see us running with three tools because I don't I don't class Walker as a tool. He's a lead up. Um, Darcy's a Darcy's a lead up. Um, when you're talking about marking forwards, um, and we use the word loosely because we don't really have what I would say is a really strong marking forward. But in that category would be Himmelberg, Thilthorpe. Um, and Mackesee if he plays up forward. So I think there's room for two marking forwards, a lead-up or two, and uh, a bit of a mosquito fleet, not forgetting that we can utilise the bench to change the, the mix during the course yeah. of a game. So, uh, But a big year for some of our forwards. It's a big year for Elliot Himmelberg. This, this season will make or break him, I think. Uh, you talk about blokes who's been on a list for a while. Berger's almost in the same category as Ben Davis in terms of the amount of opportunities that he's had. Um, well, they drafted one year, weren't 
Yep, um, and less injuries. He's, he's a taller player, so you're inclined to give him a little bit longer. But I think this is a massive year for Elliot Himmelberg. Um, Shane McAdam, if he doesn't do something more than just try and take hangers and kick goals from the goal square, this will be his last season on an AFL list pending contract uh, status, which I'm not sure what it is. Uh, so I think the, the wood is very heavily on Shane McAdam to deliver. Um and Lockie Murphy, I think, uh, might be relegated to, um, you know, sort of second tier, um, depending on how Josh Rochelle and one or two others. Don't, let's not forget, too, you know, we've got blokes like Peddler and all the rest of it who have got to find a way into this team. Um, and they'll traditionally start off the half-forward line. So there's a few players in our forward line, and I felt like our forward line was probably... Um, not too bad last season, but just lacking something. And there's a few blokes there, I think, that, that are on their last legs, to be perfectly honest. Well, there is another difference uh, that will be uh, in, in vogue next year is that uh, we haven't had a bloke like Dawson uh, bringing the ball in either. He's got a beautiful left leg and he, he always finds a player with his, with his kick. So, um, yeah, he... The forwards, if they spread out and just give him the leads, he'll put it on their chest. So um, I think he's going to make a big difference the way our forward line plays because they'll they'll realise that if they go to the right spot, he'll he'll give it to them. If Geordie Dawson gets as much of the ball as Paul Seedsman got last season, uh, we'll kick bloody 25 goals a game <laughs> and Tex will play until he's 45. Because the yeah, difference well, between Dawson and Seedsman is that Seedsman will give you a long ball and meet his gain, but Dawson will actually hit a target. Oh, yeah. You know, he... We can't underestimate how much he's going to add to our side. He he is really good. Well, look, uh, final words. We've kind of touched on how we think we're going to go next year, but uh, just to round it out, um, and given that this is our last rap show for the year, I just need to thank everyone who supported us on the rap show uh, for 2021. Uh, particular special thanks to Nikki, who was a stalwart on the show all season. Uh, so thank you very much to Nikki uh, during the course of the year, and hopefully we have Nikki back next season again. Uh, Macca, of course, is the other stalwart on the on the uh, rap show. Mac, you and I, we go hammer and tongs sometimes, but I have the utmost respect for your uh, knowledge and for your integrity as a person and your the courage of your convictions. So thank you very much once again for, for being on the show. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you. I think we'd be letting the guys down if we didn't have an argument to feed. <laughs> <laughs> well, it'd be pretty bloody boring, wouldn't it? Pete, yeah. uh, we're getting together on Tuesday night, so I'm not going to say anything. I'm going to blow smoke up no. your ass right now. I'm about to go because uh, my time is running out. I've heard about the Gab Fest that is Sunday wrap. And now I've experienced it for myself, That's so right. I'm about to go. Well, Pete, we'll wave you off at the 90-minute uh, mark. Thanks for thanks for joining us, and we'll see you on Tuesday, yeah? Thanks, guys. Absolutely delightful to have you there, mate. Well done. Thanks, thanks, Maka. Don't don't get carried away. I mean, it was all right to have him. It wasn't No, he's good. No, I like it. When he says something, it's pretty pretty uh, thought out and pretty absolutely. Meaningful. No, it's 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 been great to have Pete reengage this year, and his knowledge of the junior system being involved with it at the moment is is great, uh, and it's really add added uh, uh, something extra to the Crowcast this year. 
But mainly I want to, I want to thank everyone uh, who's joined us on YouTube and joined our Discord channel. We've uh, grown our Discord channel exponentially this year and uh, hopefully we'll continue to grow it over the course of next season. Um, and also our YouTube channel, which started as a bit of an afterthought uh, Mac back in the day um, and has grown to uh, biblical proportions. <laughs> Oh. You know, oh, nearly, nearly, nearly 400 bloody subs now. It's amazing. <laughs> That's great. I'm not really sure biblical is the right word for us. No, 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 no. Uh, but, uh, look, um, there'll be a lot more happening on, on uh, YouTube next year. It's going to be a real focus for me uh, and the Crowcast, so stay tuned for that. Um, if you haven't already, please like and subscribe uh, to our YouTube channel. We really want to get up. Uh, over a thousand subs so that we can offer our people who join us on youtube a little bit more um and uh of course the biggest thank you goes to the people that have supported us uh, over the course of the year on patreon uh with a little bit of uh, coin and i've just got them scrolling up on the screen at the moment mac um but i think they probably underestimate how much of a an assistance it is just a couple of dollars a month uh, just to help with the cost of hosting, uh, the cost, the cost of you know, uh, putting this together. It's all. It's not. It's not as if it's terribly expensive to put this together. Together, but it all adds up. And for those people to uh, grace us with a couple of bucks a month um, is fantastic. Um, and uh, you know, uh, uh, they don't get a huge amount back, unfortunately, at the moment. Although that's going to be changing. Um, my. Uh, Offsider is going to come on board as a community manager next year. So we're going to have a dedicated community manager running Patreon and also the some stuff on Discord. So there'll be plenty more activity um, on both of those channels. Now, JMac and Razor have been giving me shit about the mugs. They are coming. I actually lost them, but I found them again. <laughs> I found them a week ago. I didn't know where I'd put them um so but but they'll be on their way hopefully uh by christmas but if not then shortly after that um but uh yeah so look thank you to all our patrons on patreon if you do want to support us on patreon the details are there on screen patreon.com forward slash afl crowcast uh there will be stuff going on uh lots of little short videos on youtube during the off season so uh we won't be as idle as we have been in previous pre-seasons but for now, Macca, that's it for the uh, weekend wrap for 2021. And uh, it's been a pleasure. Obviously, we are back on Tuesday night for our final Tuesday night live. Uh, a couple of things. Now, I did mention a special guest tonight. Now, we weren't able to uh, line that up um, uh, because of his commitments during the uh, trade and draft, uh, sorry, the draft period. Um, but I am hoping that we will have that person interviewed next week. Uh, the club have undertaken to allow me access next week. So we will put that up as a standalone pre-recorded video, uh, hopefully sometime later next week. On Tuesday, um, Peter and I have been invited down to the club along with some other podcasters. I believe um, Crowject and also um, Nettie might be down there as well on Tuesday and time willing they're going to allow us to interview tim silvers as well if that occurs we'll get that up on tuesday night um as well uh, as part of the tuesday night 
live show. So lots still to happen, Mac, but that's it from us at the Weekend Wrap. And uh, for the final time this season, mate, I hope you're feeling better soon and uh, we'll bid everyone farewell. Well, by the time the pre-season starts, I reckon I'll be just about running around myself. So, uh, Perfect. Yep. Yeah, I've enjoyed the year and as I've said to the guys out there in the chat, you know, I, I, I feed off them. They're, they're great out there and uh, would be the same if they weren't there. So thanks, guys. Awesome and, community. Uh, yep, yeah, and it's a pleasure being here. So very good. Hope to see you. Hope to see you all next year. All right, guys. From all of us here at the weekend wrap, we'll bid you good night and see you later. Not all.